What's up, compassionate people? And welcome to the Vegan News Podcast. It will be out every single Friday, no matter what. I have taken a few months off here, both this and doing videos, to do a lot of things. Some of that is making content for other people. And, uh, you know, with that comes a few announcements. One, I'm moving to Berkeley, California very soon so that I can work with DXC, uh, AV, and other local activists there and everywhere else since it is a seed city uh, and close to San Francisco and Los Angeles. If you hear a lot of uh, background noise, I'm actually driving on my window appointment. It takes about an hour to get there for my doctor. So that's the other thing that's been taking up a lot of my time is trying to get better. And it is working. I am feeling a little bit better. I'm, I'm getting new meds that aren't, um, you know, have tons of side effects or limit me in any way as much for, you know, my Crohn's and other things. But anyway, let's move on to the stories. And there's actually going to be two stories I'm going to focus on. One, I'm not going to give a ton of details about because I actually just made a video about it. And you can find that linked on the Vegan News Now website, you know, vegannewsnow.com or, you know, at Vegan News YouTube or Instagram, which will be out soon. I have the video ready to go and we'll be publishing it probably when I get home in a few hours. And also, obviously, on the Facebook page at Vegan News Now. And that story is about so-called, in quotes, of course, pork, because it's pig flesh, pork producers are actually now not going to have to have inspectors. No USDA inspector, no USDA inspectors whatsoever will be in the plants. And this is going to be nationwide in the United States. And this actually is uh, one of the many things the Trump administration has been stripping away. They actually did this with the, uh, you know, quote unquote, poultry, chicken flesh, chicken secretion, whatever, uh, industry back in September of last year. They now have no line speeds under the law. That means they can go as fast as they want during slaughter. They have no oversight by the USDA. So all of their products are, you know, don't even have to be legally tested by the companies, but it's supposed that the companies will have their own inspectors to do their own testing for disease and uh, quality and sickness in the animals and all of those things that the USDA once did. Uh, So now that's going to be instituted in the pork industry. And Smithfield being the largest pork producer has the Chinese government, you know, involved in everything. And if that's not unsettling enough, right now there is a swine fever epidemic going on in China that's wiping out uh, entire herds, entire factories, entire farms, whatever you want to call them. These gigantic, larger than even Tar Heel or anything you've ever seen, they are actually housed inside, slaughtered inside, they don't even have to be like moved anywhere. These facilities are gigantic beyond comparison. And that's causing this disease to spread. It's ripping through the herds. And the fear is that it's going to end up in the United States. Well, without any inspection procedures at any level, it's going to end up here. And if it's anything like swine flu, which it likely is because of antibiotics and being around humans and generation after generation of breeding, what's going to happen is it will jump to people. And when it does jump to people, it's going to cause a pandemic, a possible pandemic. It's something we've been waiting for for a long time. The thing that really ended the last pandemic pandemic we had was World War, I believe, one or was it two? I think it was one, World War One, and that was a strain of some sort of avian flu. We believe we're not 100 percent sure. We actually don't know why it stopped. We just think it had something to do with the war starting and people killing each other off in isolated populations. So. 
that's not really something we can do again. And we don't have things to combat these superbugs. It's getting worse and worse. We see it with staph infections. And if you look into the Brie VT speech, she gave a speech to the AWC, the Animal Liberation Western Convergence, uh, back in, <coughs> excuse me, back in, uh, oh, what was it? I think we did that back in November. I was in Salt Lake City and I went to that and did a bunch of live streams and stuff. And she gave an amazing speech. I actually put up on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And it goes into her having her cystic fibrosis, I believe it is, or something similar in disease to that. And how staph, inf- staph infection actually made her immune system worse, started her lungs even worse, and made it so that she only had maybe two, three months to live if she was lucky. She gave this speech to Smithfield employees and somebody who directly reports to Smithfield board members, you know, and it was just a really sad story that you guys should all check out if you have a chance. And the thing is, they know all of this and they don't care. And it's 100% because of using antibiotics to keep these animals that are confined and always get sick, try to keep them from getting sick, but also to fatten them up. And that overbiotic, over antibiotic use, you know, 80 to 90% of antibiotics in the United States go into animals. That overuse has created these superbug strains and the antibiotics are passed on to us too. You know, it's not from us not completing antibiotic cycles. That can contribute a small fraction, but it's it's not what they say it is. It's it's from these meats. It's from the flesh that people are consuming and dairy products and I, I, I and eggs as well. So this whole perfect storm is happening, and that's going to be stripped away. And on top of it, uh, coming this May. I haven't found a date yet, but I assume uh, it's probably going to be kept under wraps until after it happens. I doubt journalists are going to be wanted there. The different beef councils and beef organizations in the United States, again, quote unquote beef, of course, uh, cow flesh, they will be getting together to talk about, uh, you know, stripping away their regulations with the USDA inspectors. And really, we know they're not going to just talk about it. We, this is a done deal. They have their lobbyists go in, the Trump administration and everybody under them and whoever's, you know, got their pockets in what. They all shook hands, got their money and their kickbacks. And, you know, here we go again. It's going to be stripped away there as well. So then there's going to be even further wor- worries of mad cow disease, which they have said forever isn't in the United States, which is a lie if you talk to uh, most medical professionals, you'll find out that there have been plenty of cases in the United States, but the CDC was called in. It was wrapped up immediately. It was all hush-hush, and nobody was supposed to talk about it. Uh, you know, I know this because of different people I've known in the medical profession over the years, and I would never, you know, name anybody, but it, I'm sure there has been some that have come forward after their career, and it's absurd to think that it hasn't been here in the United States. We know it has. So not only that, you know, now they're going to be regulating that and, you know, oh, well, it doesn't matter. They'll just let it go slide on through. And, and you know, there's going to be the, the argument, the libertarian argument and others, groups, even Republicans that argue, well, you know, you, you know, these corporations wouldn't want to mess up their customer base, blah, 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 et cetera. Well, that obviously doesn't matter to them because if it did, they wouldn't be having these problems to begin with, even under USDA inspection. Because USDA inspection, you know, they didn't... They weren't able to catch every single thing when they're, you know, when this industry is killing 4,000 animals a second on average, land animals, beef, chicken, uh, uh, beef, chicken, and pork, there's no way they can catch all of it. They do the best they can with the small resources they have. But the reality is 
Now there's going to be none of them in there, and it's just going to move forward like that. So I encourage you to watch that video and also go into how the Trump administration stripped away regulations on aviation companies like Boeing, who made the 737 that crashed. And because they stripped those regulations away and allowed Boeing to inspect the planes themselves, they are crashing. Now, some people don't agree with that direct correlation, but come on. It seems pretty obvious to me. So, like I said, find that video, check it out. Uh, I'll see if I can figure out a way to link it in the podcast uh, across platforms because it does go out to a bunch of different platforms. And I'll link that. So, okay. Now, the main thing that I want to get out news-wise, and because I am driving, I don't have everything in front of me, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. But the main thing that I want to get out uh, for news this week and the last couple weeks, really, is what's going on in Australia. Okay, Australia, James, I believe his last name is Johnson. I'm not 100% sure. He was arrested. Uh, He was the one that actually saved or tried to save, liberate the calf from a farm, and then the calf was taken to a sanctuary, but unfortunately the sanctuary was raided by the Australian equivalent of police or FBI, SWAT, and then removed, and nobody knows what happened to this calf. Uh, Presumably they were returned to the quote-unquote owners and killed, probably because of biocontamination, I'm sure is what they're going to claim. If that didn't already happen, it will, most likely. And on top of that, all these new measures are being called for in the community uh, the farming community in Australia, one, because before this all started getting going really heavy, vegan activists under the Dominion movement mainly, but also, you know, DXC and AV and, and others unaffiliated, of course, put out a map showing the location of every slaughterhouse and or nearly every slaughterhouse in Australia and most, uh, you know, farm buildings, factory farm buildings, farming areas for the different animals um, and linking all kinds of stuff within the map. Now, the farmers and the related associations there in Australia called this out as a terrorist act and a threat and et cetera. uh, And, you know, they refused to take it down. And they called for the farmers and their various associations called for legislation to stop this kind of thing from happening, which obviously I don't know the exact constitutional things in Australia, but obviously they have some amount of freedom of speech, and they're looking to limit that for activists in this way. And now, with mass action that started happening after that, uh, they were kind of emboldened by it, I think. Um, You know, they were already doing slaughterhouse shutdowns and actions where they went in and refused to leave, like rooftops and, and rescuing animals in broad daylight out in the open with mass crowd of activists. But it started to escalate when they started arresting everybody or everybody they could get their hands on. They started giving out the Australian equivalent of felony charges. You know, we're talking large amounts of years in jail. Not not as bad as the United States, fortunately, but still bad. You know, it's a lot of your life that, that could be taken away there, five, ten years. Uh, here it's like 30, which is insane. But they started going in and doing this, and all it did was each arrest emboldened more people to step up and stand out and speak out and create a movement that is just going forward full steam. And we are at this point in the movement, especially in Australia right now, where they have the opportunity to break through. You look at a city like Sydney, 
And there's other cities too in Australia that are some of the most vegan cities in the world. And they are growing exponentially month after month, year after year, you're seeing 300, 800% increases in the amount of vegans there and the amount of vegan products available and the amount of activism going on, the the uh, lowering of uh, the, the, the lowering of how many animals are being killed for, for, you know, quote unquote food there. And it's just snowballing like crazy in countries like that, probably because they are a bit smaller, but also because I think they have a, 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 a different government structure than a place like the United States. But that's a discussion for a different time. So as of now, I, I do believe James got out of prison and I don't know if he gave an interview yet or not, but I believe that's coming. Um, he's doing all kinds of amazing things. I know he didn't really want the spotlight, uh, but it's there and it's on him. And I think he's seen the value that he can help get across by doing, uh, interviews and, and participating in different videos and things like that. So I think it's really awesome that he stepped up, even though it's something he didn't want. So I, I know a lot of people might think he was just seeking fame, especially non-vegans, but it couldn't have been further from the truth. He wanted nothing to do with it. And I can understand why it's, you know, it's, it's certainly you don't want people sending you death threats all the time. And, you know, I've, I've, we've all been through it that have put any kind of thing out that had any amount of virility whatsoever. And, you know, they're at a point now where they're about to get on this precipice that happened to activists here in America in the late 80s and early to mid 90s, late 90s, somewhere in there or all in there where ag gag bills started being passed around the United States. And they started being, you know, just just demagogical, like like coming down so hard. Like we're talking about beings that have been in jail for, you know, over 30 years now because of nothing more than saving an animal. You know, it wasn't they went in and took animals out of a lab uh, and, and they're still in prison. They'll probably be in prison the rest of their life under terrorism acts and all kinds of other crazy stuff that. It's just absolutely insane. They're not the terrorists, obviously, but, you know, society at large doesn't feel that way, unfortunately, but they will. And, you know, we need to back everybody in Australia and we need to make sure people understand that this is what's going to happen to them. Harsher penalties and harsher, harsher, you know, jail sentences. And we need to make sure public opinion, even non-vegan public opinion is in their favor. We need to show that they're going into farms and they're helping animals that need it. Don't focus on they're taking somebody's quote-unquote property. That's not what we want people to see. And that's the narrative these farmers are going with. So the narrative that has to usurp theirs, which can be done, and I've watched DXE do it, and I've seen other orgs do it, is to show what's happening in these farms and then show the rescue of those animals that are being taken out. Show that you guys in Australia are using biosecurity measures equal to, or most cases better than what these farmers do. Do surveillance before you hit one of these farms and and rescue an animal. Show that they're not wearing biosecurity suits like you are, like we are, like anybody in the movement is. Show that they're full of shit, show it, okay? You need to show everything on video. And when you're at these, and when you go in to do a liberation or you go in to do a protest or sit down or you even anything, any kind of activism you're doing in public where you're putting yourself out there that you can receive any kind of violence or criticism or charges, you need to make sure at least 
your live streaming, if not multiple people with you. Because even if they shut it off, that live stream cannot be taken away. It's there and everybody will know what happened. That's the first thing. You should always, if, if you can have multiple people, you should always have people live streaming with you. At least one person as a dedicated live streamer, videographer, whatever. You can do a combination rig. I've tried that out. That works pretty well. Uh, but like I said, we need to stand behind them in Australia over this. And it is a big moment in Australia. We're talking mainstream news coverage all the time. It's even getting picked up a lot by the UK, uh, even more so because of uh, Joey Carbstrong's, in, you know, he's been on the, the different UK talk shows a lot, especially going up against, uh, that, what's that guy's name, Pierce Morgan Morgan or whatever. And he's an idiot. <laughs> he's uh, battled against him quite a bit in the past. And, I'm, you know, they're going to bring him on more because of this, because he is from Australia. Uh, and probably, I would assume, James Aspie will also be making a lot more appearances in UK media now as well. Uh, and I'm sure plenty in the Australian media. This is Australia's time to really, like, carry this torch, pick up and be a force in the movement. They're, as far as I'm concerned right now, they, they are spearheading everything about veganism. They're representing us. They're representing everything that we have been working for and towards. And we need to support them. We need to make sure the correct message is, is given. That way, this draconian insanity of laws is not put through, is not passed. And they have the right to show people what's going on and they have the right to rescue animals and show people that they deserve to have a happy life and live the 20 or 30 years that they can live. Not instead of living a life of hell in a cramped, awful, dank cage. So that's everything I wanted to talk about in the news. There's other news stories. Next week's podcast will be much better. I'm going to do it ahead of time. You know, the audio will be great and I'll have some music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but for now, those are the two things I really want to get out there. And I encourage you guys to check out and go support uh, James Johnson. I believe that is his name. Support him and support DXE who's helping him. And, and they even helped run a uh, campaign for his legal fees. And, you know, Anonymous for the Voiceless, James Aspie, Joey Carbstrong, and all the other activists down there. Uh, that are doing amazing things and really moving this movement ahead. And they're getting in the mainstream all across the world. Not so much in America, but don't worry. That's how it works. We pretty much only have our news pop up here. And even then, we only hardly ever have news from other states in the union here. So anyways, guys, love you so much. Stay safe. Keep being compassionate. And I'll catch you guys in the next podcast. And check out the episodes. Love you guys. Later.